You're listening to a session of Come Celebrate, hosted by the Bay Christian Family Church. Hey, man, you can be seated tonight. What an incredible, incredible word. You know, that's true, though. Every, um, every one of us, you know, a lot of times people think, well, I'm not in the ministry, so I'm not called to go out and do that. I'm not, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a, a, a youth minister or a worship leader. And, and if you're a Christian, you're in the ministry. You're called to the ministry. You, you may be called to be a minister at, as a doctor, as a, uh, as a bus driver, whatever, a mechanic, whatever it is you do, but you're called to reach those that are lost. And, and, uh, and it's, it's, I love the opportunity. I'm a missionary into the corporate arena. I love to go into the corporate arena. Begin to, uh, I'm just in an arena, 20,000 business people get to speak in the largest business conferences. And one of the things they give me an opportunity to do is to tell them about Jesus and we'll see three and 4,000 business people come to a business conference and come down and give their heart to Jesus. That's what it's about. And um, so whatever it is you do, I mean, that, should, that should have just got you inspired. I had friends who were watching, they were texting me like, man, now that's how to preach. My wife even texted me, said, I wish you could preach like that. And uh, that's just embarrassing right there. But... Um, Last night, we talked about our mindset and uh, how important it is to be aware of our thinking. You gotta mind your head. You gotta think more about your thinking and, uh, and your mindset. So we gave you a little checkup from the neck up, right? We gotta get rid of some stinking thinking. And we talked about how to enhance. How do we enhance our life? Enhance, eliminate, and expand. Last night, enhance. How do we, how do we enhance it? How do we make it better than it is right now, the quality of our life. So we, we ended, we, well, we talked about three things last night. Do you remember what those three things were? Transformation, declaration, yeah, and meditation. So you should be, uh, your, your thinking should create transformation. And, uh, and you do this with your daily declaration. Uh, and you do that by practicing godly meditation. So God set life up. God set us up and blessed us so that our, our meditation would become our manifestation. So how, last night we ended with talking about how you think. How you think after you pray determines whether or not your prayers get answered. How you think, right? You pray for 10 minutes. But what do you think about the other 23 hours and 50 minutes of that day? because you can cancel it out. And, and, and faith and receiving from God has to do with what happens after. I read this quote by Norman Vincent Peale. It's powerful. To pray successfully, you must employ affirmation and visualization. Now, visualization, by the way, is not a new age thing. It's not a, a, a Disney thing. It's a God thing. God gave you the power to see, to visualize. You can see it all throughout the Bible. It's, remember we talked about last night the difference between the person of Jesus and the principles. The person of Jesus prepares you for heaven. The principles prepare you for earth. The principle of visualization is a powerful principle. Abraham, you're gonna have children. Your children will have children. There'll be many descendants that come after you. He said, I'm 100. My wife's 90. We're not gonna have any children. What does God say? Come out of your tent. Look up in the sky, see the stars? Picture the stars. As many as the, as numerous as the stars you see are the descendants will come after you, right? Visualize it. David, my favorite. David's one of my favorite people in the Bible because I love to study success. So David's one, you know, remember David killed Goliath? 
Love that story. Remember, cut his head off? David's the first person I found to really get ahead in life. All right, they're going to get better, I promise. But um, um, whoever kills a giant gets his bills paid off. No more taxes, gets to marry the king's daughter. David said, hold on, could you explain that? Could you tell me one more time what happens? Why did he ask again? I think he started to get a picture. He started to visualize bills paid off. Big big stamp, paid in full, taxes zero. Get to marry the king's daughter. (laughs) All right, where's the giant? Why? Why he got a picture of the money and the honey, right? And all of a sudden now he's willing to fight a giant. So this power of of visualization is a powerful thing. I've got a wall in my house. Well, all I've got on that wall are pictures of things I want in my future, right? Because something has to be seeable before it's believable, believable before it's achievable. So you get a picture of where it is you're, you're going. I got... Uh, everything I've had, everything from equipment that we wanted for the the ministry, cameras or that, all the way up to, I remember the first time I wanted to give $100,000 to my church. And I wrote a check out to my church for $100,000. We don't write checks that much anymore, but back then I wrote a check and wrote void on it in case my pastor saw it before I I was ready. I wasn't ready, that's $100,000. But one day, one day, I'm I'm gonna... And it was, it was years before I, I got there, but I got a picture of it long before. <laughs> it reminds me, these two guys got stranded on a deserted island. And uh, one of them was stressing out. He's like, man, we got to get help. They're never going to find us on this island. You, we got to get help, man. Bring me some palm branches. Let's make a SOS in the sand, some signs. Let's, let's build a fire, something. We got to get help out here. The other guy said, we're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And he went and sat under a palm tree. He said, what are you doing just sitting under that tree? They're never going to find us. We got to get help. Make a fire. Give me some stuff. He goes, we're going to be fine. Trust me. He said, why are you not worried? He said, I'm not worried because I'm a tither. Yeah, he said, trust me, my pastor will find us. All right. So... To pray... Successfully, you must employ affirmation and visualization. Form a picture in your mind, not of lack or denial or frustration or illness, but of abundance, prosperity, attainment, health. Always remember, you will receive as a result of prayer exactly what you think, not what you ask for. If you pray for achievement, See, tomorrow night, those names you put up there, why are we putting, we're praying over those. You know what you need to be doing today, tomorrow, uh, before we get back here? Picture that person sitting next to you. Just think about them sitting next to you. They came with you that night. When Pastor Rock gives the opportunity, think of them. Just picture them, already lifting their hand. Don't go, I'm praying for them. Oh yeah, they're never gonna get saved. They are never, if you knew about this person, you just, and all you think about, you wrote their name down, but all you're thinking about is how bad they are. They're never gonna get saved. You understand what I'm saying? So we pray, but then start to picture them. Picture, I'm already picturing this. I mean, we can't even fit the people up here that are coming tomorrow. Can you already see it? See, you see what I'm saying? And, and, and if, you, if you pray for achievement, but you think defeat, your words are idle because your heart has already accepted defeat, right? So that's wrapping up last night. I wanted to tell you that last night, but I, uh, enhanced. Tonight, we're gonna eliminate we're going to eliminate some negative mindsets and, and uh, some negative things. Now, we're not going to, you know, we got negative people, but uh, you might have to eliminate some of them too. 
How many have a hard time being positive? It's okay. You're like, no, he just said he's going to eliminate me. No, I, Come on, how many have to work at it? I have to work at it. Trust me, that's why I'm so thankful for the Word of God. My goodness, I can be negative real easy. I mean, even my, I was born a pessimist. Even my blood type is B negative, right? So, so this is... So let's get some wisdom in this area. Dig down a little bit further. I love Ecclesiastes chapter 10. I was reading that verse today. It says, using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the axe. You ever tried to cut something with a dull knife? And you, know, you just work at it, and you work at it. You work. But if you took just a few minutes to sharpen the knife, all of a sudden, man, that was so much easier. The Bible says wisdom is like sharpening your axe. Getting wisdom will save you a whole lot of time. Remember last night, we said the more wisdom you have, the less miracles you'll need. A lot of people are waiting for miracles when if you'd have had wisdom, and we thank God for miracles, but the more wisdom you have, the less miracles you'll need. Wisdom, the Bible says, is the principal thing. The difference between where you are and where you wanna be is just what you know. So whatever you do, whatever you do, get wisdom. I love Solomon. Solomon said, any, uh, God said, anything you want, you can have it. Anything you want. You want. And he, he, he said, oh, man. And, and then God tried to help him out. He said, look, you, behind door number one, you can have wealth and riches. Behind door number two, the, the life of your foes. Behind door number three, honor. And, and Solomon said, you know, just give me wisdom. Just, just, I mean, the Bible tells us it's more valuable than silver. It's more profitable than gold. It's more precious than rubies. How much is that card? Huh. More valuable than silver, more precious than gold. Because you asked for wisdom, what did God say? I'm going to give you everything. Wisdom became the master key to everything else he needed. Some of you are like, I got a key to this door, I got a key to that door. Wisdom becomes the master key. Could you imagine, what if God came and said, anything you want, you can have it? How many of us would have said, give me wisdom? We'd have been like, ah, there's this car I've been looking at there, there, you know, there's a flat we'd really like to get. We'd all, we'd had a lot of different ideas. Not many of us would have thought to ask for wisdom. It's like this guy found a genie, rubbed the bottle. Genie came out and said, anything you want, you can have it. You name it, one thing. And he said, you know what? He said, I've, I've always wanted to go to America. I've never been to America. And, uh, and the genie said, well, just fly over there. He said, well, I'm, I'm afraid to fly. He said, well, go on a boat. He said, I can't, I'm not afraid of that too. He said, my wish is that you'd build a bridge from South Africa to America. I could just drive my car over there. He said, man, that's a big wish to drive your car that far. I'm going to have to have places, you know, gas stations for, you know, petrol for you to fuel up and, and we're going to have to have hotels and restaurants. That's just way too much. Come up with something else. He said, okay. He said, I, I recently got married. He said, could you give me the ability to understand women? And the genie said, do you want the bridge to be two lanes or four lanes? <laughs> Some things are just easier than others. But uh, so the biggest change, the biggest change is when we experience, the biggest change we'll ever have in our lives is when we experience salvation. That's when you make the big U-turn, you begin to follow God. But after that, there's many changes or transformations that take place throughout our life. And in, and in order for that to happen, you're going to have to eliminate or reject or cast down certain thoughts or ideas. Uh, to, to eliminate means to, 
to remove, completely remove or to get rid of. That's what it means to eliminate. So uh, you, you need a, a transformation. You may need a transformation in your health today. You may need a transformation uh, in, your, in your relationship, in your, in your marriage. You may need it in your career, your finances. I, I don't know where. There's hundreds of areas of your life. If we went through the room, there'd be a lot of different areas where people say, I need something to change in that area. Today, I want to look at how changing always starts with choosing. Choosing what to keep, choosing what to eliminate, choosing what thoughts, and until you start to, to, to make some choices, nothing's gonna change in your life. Changing always starts with choosing, and your ability to choose is one of the greatest gifts that God's given us, right? Your ability to choose, it's, it's part of being created in God's image, is having the ability to make decisions. We're not like animals. Animals have instinct, but they don't know right from wrong. So uh, when, when, when you, let me just say this, you, your, your choices shape your life much more than your circumstances. You overcome circumstances by making good choices. You're, you're, what you are is you are a product of your past. You're not a prisoner of your past. So you, you don't have to stay stuck. You can, make, you can change by making good choices. And here's the great part, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we have the Holy Spirit, the helper with us. And if you make good choices, then you'll see good results in your life. If you make bad choices, then you'll have bad consequences. But, but today I want to talk about choosing uh, what you think about and eliminating the wrong things from your mindset. We said last night, if you change your thinking, you can change you change your world. And the scripture we started with, let's go back to that. Romans chapter 12, verse number two. Romans 12, verse two, New Living Translation. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, right? We're not trying to, to live like the world lives, the customs, that, uh, but, but be transformed. Let God transform you. Who's transforming you? God is. Into a new person, how? By, I can't hear you, by Changing the way you think. God says, I will, I will change your life when you let me change the way you think. So you have a choice to let God change the way you think. And, and if there's an area of your life where you need a fresh start or, you, you know, people say, well, I just need to change the scenery. I just need to change my venue. And, that, and that, that's, that's not the, the very first thing that needs changing in your life. It might take you a while to change your location, to move somewhere else. You can change your mind right now. You can change your mind to today. And, and so we get in this and, and it's, it's, I mean, like I said, you, you gotta, uh, you, you've got to work on, uh, the most important thing you can work on next to saying yes to Jesus is your thinking. How you see yourself. How you see your situations or your, your circumstances. How you, how you see God. All those are areas of your life you need to change. There's three ways to see yourself. You can see yourself the way other people see you, which may be good, may not be good. I learned a long time ago, what other people think about me is none of my business. You know, I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So I'm not gonna live my whole life worrying about what everyone else thinks about me. Second way to see yourself is how you see yourself. It's called confidence. We all want to have good self-esteem, good self-confidence. But, you know, uh, things happen. People say things to us. We compare ourselves. And that's the worst thing you do is compare yourself to others. 
So this whole social media gets us all comparing and I'm trying to be like, yeah, like, like I get up here, I'm like, I gotta preach like Pastor Al. I can't preach that good. I gotta, I gotta teach like Pastor Al. I can't preach, I can't teach like that. I can't dress like Pastor Wellington over, man, look at, man. I just got a Harley shirt, that's all. I mean, you just got, and so I could get in, intimidated. I could be, you know, but listen, your self-esteem, we've all had people say things to us, do things to us, and plus people on social media, they're just putting up their best stuff anyway. Right, you know, I post, I post date night, you know, with my wife, I'm like date night, you know, like oh man, they're so happy, they're one, look at them, they're wonderful. I never post Thursday night fight night. Y'all never saw those pictures, did you? I'm married to an Italian. Trust me, we got those. But you want to develop a good, a good self-confidence. But again, like I said, things happen. People say things to us. One time in high school, high school a girl broke up with me. She goes, I'm breaking up with you. You got low self-esteem. It's like, great, that, that helped. <laughs> Another time in high school, this girl called me. She said, hey, come over to my house. Nobody's home. I went over to her house, and there was nobody home. No, I just kept knocking. That's hurtful. That's damaging to your, that's painful. But, but if, you don't, if you don't change your, your mindset, if you don't change your mindset, but you change your location, I mean, it, it's, it's not going to help much. I mean, you can go to Hawaii, but you're going to take you with you. So no matter where you go, you're going. So if you don't change you, nothing else really going to matter. That's why you got to have the checkup from the neck cup. All right. Let me give you three reasons you need to mind your head. I love that. I just saw that in the in the stairwell at the hotel. Mind your head. I'm like, oh, that's that's good. I like that. Watch what you think about. You got to make your mind mind. If you don't learn how to control your thoughts, first you got to learn how to control your thoughts. You got to learn how to make your mind mind because your thoughts direct your life. Your thoughts direct your life. Your mentality becomes your reality, right? Your, your, your meditation becomes your manifestation. Look at this, Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. Proverbs four, verse 23. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Be careful how you think. Your life, even every action in your life, every reaction in your life, everything you feel, everything you do starts with a thought. It all begins in my mind first, and if I don't, think it first, guess what? It doesn't happen. If I don't think it first, now you can use that for good or you can use it for bad. Good thoughts lead to good behaviors, right? Good actions lead to uh, 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 good, good things. Bad thoughts lead to unhealthy habits, unhealthy actions. The, the truth is that we, uh, uh, we, we don't realize how often we sabotage our own success by the way we think or by the way we talk to ourselves. Remember, I talked about that last night in our declaration. You're talking to yourself all the time. All the time. And outside of your conversation with God, the most important conversations you'll ever have are the conversations you have with you. The conversation you have with yourself. That's why how you see yourself. By the way, the third way to see yourself, I forgot that, was to see yourself the way God sees you. One, one is to have confidence, the other is to have Godfidence. Right? One is to know who you are. The other is to know whose you are. Yeah. 
And when you know who you are in Christ, you walk different, you think different, you talk different, you understand the kingdom, right, of, of who you are. And uh, anyway, that's, that's a whole nother message. But the Bible tells us that as a man thinks, yeah, so is he. So you can't change any area of a relationship if, if it doesn't start in the relationship. It starts in your brain. As a person thinks, how you how you think, it's a it's a habit. If if you got a habit you're trying to break, I wrote the book "Make That Break That." Talk all about the the habit loop and how habits begin and and how to break bad habits by creating new and better habits and, and all that. But a habit doesn't start with a habit; it starts in your brain first, and you gotta you gotta start in your thought life. First, changing how you think about money, how you think about relationships, how you think about food, how you think about life, how you think about God. My thoughts direct my life. Another reason you gotta mind your head is because my struggles happen in my mind. My struggles, you, you may not realize it, but every second of your life, every second of your life, there's a battle going on in your mind. There's a battle. It's a mental battle, and the Bible talks about it, and it's between right and wrong. It's between easy and hard. It's between what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's evil. It's between doing what's healthy, what's unhealthy. Your mind's constantly in this battle. I had a battle this afternoon in my room for 10 minutes between me and a bag of chuckles. What's healthy? What's unhealthy? You got to fight it. It was a tie. It was a tie. But we will fight again tomorrow. It's constantly going on in your life. Depression is a mental struggle. Stress is a mental struggle. Fear, anxiety are mental battles that start in your mind. Jealousy, resentment, loneliness, discouragement, self-worth, they're all battles in your brain. Right? And, and, you, and, you, and really, all of your external conflicts, the ones that you're having with other people right now, uh, the ones that are straining your relationship, all start with in your mind. I mean, James tells us that. James chapter 4, verse 1. What's causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from evil desires at war within you? There's a battle going on, and there's conflicting desires, and the, and the battle will continue in your mind even while you're sleeping. That's why some of you are having a hard time sleeping. Just a minute, I won't pray for you because uh, that battle continues even during your sleep, 24 hours a day. You don't sleep well, you're restless, and you're, and you're battling that. But the Apostle Paul, now here's this amazing, the Apostle Paul, probably the greatest Christian to ever live other than Jesus Christ, was gut-level honest with this mental battle that he was facing. And then he gives us his personal testimony of the battle that was going on in his brain. Romans chapter 12, or I'm sorry, Romans chapter seven. Look at this, verse 22. I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned, but there's something else deep within me in my lower nature that is at war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. In my mind, I want to be God's willing servant, but instead I find myself still enslaved to sin. You notice those words, war, fight, mind, enslaved. Pretty much describes the battle that people are facing 
in their, in their brain. And that's why there's this major cause of mental fatigue. And the reason the, the battle is, is constant and intense because your mind is your greatest asset. So without your brain, your thoughts, your will, your emotions, without, without that, there's, there's, there's nothing going on. You're not even who you are. So now if you have God's spirit in you, then you've been given and you've given your life to Christ and his spirit is in you. Now Satan cannot control your mind. But he'll make suggestions. I told you that last night. He's gonna put some suggestions. But see, the only influence he has in the life of a Christian is that he can put thoughts or suggestions and try to get your attention. And that's a pretty big deal because whatever gets your attention gets you. But he can't control that. You control that. He can put thoughts where you have to decide if you're gonna accept those thoughts or if you're gonna eliminate those thoughts going to cast down vain imagination. That's just the enemy trying to put things in your mind. And so that's where, why your mind is so powerful and you've got to continually work on minding your mind, watching your, you know, minding your head. The third reason, third reason. Oh my goodness, this is going fast. You have to, get, you have to start changing the way you think. Uh, if, you want to, if you want to see real change, it's because your mind is where God's spirit works in you. Your mind is, God's spirit works in your, in your mind. We often use the metaphor of our, of our heart and uh, as being the place where God works. I invite Jesus into my heart. Particularly my heart is a symbol of my, my, my brain because, because that's where, where you think and that's where God works in your mind and through your mind. And it's in your mind that God begins to change the processes that cause real transformation to take place in your, in your life, Ephesians chapter four. You, you were told that your foolish desires will destroy you. Uh, verse 23, and uh, Ephesians four, verse 23. And that you must give up your old way of life with all of its old habits. Let the spirit change the, your way of thinking. Let the spirit change your way of, th- now, versus powerful verse, you, you should probably memorize that verse. That'd probably be a good one to, to memorize, to write down and look at again. Because when Satan suggests an idea into your mind, we call that a temptation, right? He gives you, I put a temptation. When God suggests an idea into your mind, we call that inspiration, right? It's, but it's, it's your choice. What idea you're gonna hold on to and what idea you're gonna eliminate or let go of or reject, or uh, are you gonna accept the temptation? Are you gonna, and reject the inspiration? Are you gonna reject the the temptation and and accept the the inspiration? It's like a a drawbridge, right? You ever seen a drawbridge? You decide, you lift it up to decide what's not coming in, you put it down to decide what can come in. And so constantly you're you're doing that. Uh, Romans eight, verse six, I know I'm going fast, If you'll listen fast, I'm going to talk fast. I'm trying to get you a lot of stuff here. If people's thinking is controlled by the sinful self, there is death. But if their thinking is controlled by the Spirit, there is life and peace. You see, these are the reasons that we started even talking about our mind because nothing is going to change until you change the way you think. And when you change what you, the way you look at things, the things you're looking at will begin to change. 
God is more concerned about changing your thinking than he is about changing your circumstances. Because he can change your circumstances, you'll, be, you'll end up right back there, and again, if you don't change your thinking. So he wants to change your thinking. That's why this checkup from the neck up. You know, it's amazing about this subject of a thought life or your thought life or your mindset is, is, you know, it's funny, all religions agree that a person's thoughts shape the person's life and destiny. All, all, now, we don't agree on hardly anything else, but there's a clear connection between people's thinking and their behavior. And as, as a Christian, we believe, of course, in the existence of God, the creator of, of the universe, creator of the world, and, and that our origins are, are from him, and that means we were created in him and by him for a purpose, right? You were created on purpose for a purpose. You didn't show up here and God said, let me figure out what to do with you. He had a purpose before you ever got here. You were not a surprise. Might have been a surprise to your parents. You were not a surprise to God, okay? He knew you were coming. And even though God, he created you and has a specific plan, the fact remains you hold the keys to your destiny because you have the power of choice, right? You're not a puppet on a string. You have a will, you have a brain, and you have a say in the outcome of your, of your journey. And you've been equipped with this moral compass and this power of reasoning, and, and those are gifts that God gave you and God gave me so that we could plot the course our course through life to our our destiny. And along the way, we're gonna have millions of decisions to make, lots of decisions to determine the course and the path you travel and the destination you reach. Now, we discussed a a lot of times, God wants to partner with you, right, in plotting that course. God, that'd be Jeremiah 29, verse 11, right? He said, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out, plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. I like that in the message about plans to give you the future that you hope for. So he has a direction. How many believe God has a plan for your life? All right. He has a plan that he wants you to travel and, and you have steps. You have to, you have to take the steps. So, so you're going to make most of the navigational decisions on this journey to the place that God has for you. You plot the course according to the master plan and, and you can deviate from the plan. We've all deviated from the plan and have to deal with the, 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 the challenges of the unknown. And, and, uh, and we, we probably strayed off God's path from time to time, even if we didn't intend to. The biggest question becomes, what choices will you make when you encounter the detours and the other roadblocks that come um, when you're making your forward progress. Oh, goodness, I don't want to get into this. I'm running out of time here. In the, uh, t- tomorrow night, we're going to get into this in the book of Numbers. There's a great story there of uh, talking about mindsets of Joshua and Caleb and the spies. And, and uh, your mindset, how you look at things really matters. I mean, it's, it's amazing. We can look at, you know, we can, you ever notice you can look at the, at the same, we can look at the same person and see him completely different. You're like, oh, they're wonderful. Oh, that person, you talking about him? No, not the guy I know. You ever know, that girl brings her boyfriend home to meet her parents. She's so excited. And they, they come in and like, mom, this is him. And he's got tattoos all over, piercings. And, and uh, the mom's like, ooh, honey, come here for a minute. He does not look like a very nice young man. That's the way the mom looks at it. Daughter sees a 
completely different. She goes, he's a great young man. My goodness, he's given 200 hours of community service right now. <laughs> Just all in how you look at it, right? I told, that, I told that joke the other day. This guy came up to me afterwards. He said, you against tattoos? This big, a big guy. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not judging anybody. I just, you know. He said, you got any tattoos? I said, I personally, I don't have any tattoos. You, know, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't put a bumper sticker on a Ferrari. Yeah. But... Uh, before we, we get into that... that tomorrow night because that's going to take us into how to expand as they expanded their their territory but listen no matter where you've been no matter what you've been through no matter how bad things have been in your life how about the biggest mistakes that you next time you feel like a failure your mind will you know it'll try to put these thoughts in it'll try to put these thoughts you and you think you're never going to do anything great how am i ever going to accomplish anything great and and you, and you, you start to believe that God can't use you or, or, or you'll never fulfill the plan or purpose because of choices you've made. Let me just give you, I, I got a little list here of some of our heroes in the Bible. So next time you feel like that, just, just put these, change out those negative thoughts with, with thoughts of, of, of your heroes, right? Who God used incredibly. That were still, I mean, Noah. Noah was a drunk. God still used him. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Joseph was abused. Uh, Moses was a stutterer. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair. <laughs> Leah was ugly. <laughs> I'm not judging Leah. It's in the Bible, people. It's, it's... David had an affair. Elijah was suicidal. Jonah ran from God. Job went bankrupt. Peter denied Christ. Think about that. You're with Jesus. You're like, I don't know him. Three times. I don't know him. What did Jesus do? Come on, Peter. We got work to do. Let's go. He still, I mean, he still used him. I had someone said they kind of knew me, that I've been on vacation with. I unfriended them on Facebook immediately. <laughs> You ever though wonder why Peter would deny Jesus? You ever thought about that? Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if this, I noticed this studying some things in the Bible. Just a few verses before this whole thing happened with the whole denial was when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. <laughs> it could just be a coincidence. I don't know. It could just be a coincidence, but... The disciples fell asleep while they were praying with Jesus. Mary worried about everything. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. I don't know if that happens here in South Africa. I guess it does because I, I got on the elevator at the hotel last night. This lady looked at me. She goes, you look like my third husband. <laughs> I was like, seriously? I'm like, how many times have you been married? And she said twice. So I, I don't know. But you think of all these people, right? 
The God, how about this? How about this? When you really think God can't use, Lazarus was dead and God still used him. So what does it say? First Samuel 16, the Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge for the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The difference maker, all these people, God had a plan. God had a plan for them and they were willing to follow the plan. God has a plan for you. And I believe if you're willing to follow the plan, it was awesome to see so many people come and step into the plan tonight. They come and find the plan that God had for them. God has a plan for all of us. And I'm ready to step into the plan. Eliminate those negative mindsets. Eliminate those things that are keeping me from receiving everything God has for me so that I can expand. We're gonna get into that tomorrow. Come on, stand on your feet. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you tonight. Lord, as we've looked again at our thinking we talked yesterday about how to, uh, um, uh, tonight we talked about how to eliminate those things in our, our mindsets. And, and uh, last night we talked about how to enhance or to, to, to move forward. All this about how important our thinking is. You talked about it in the Bible probably more than anything else was our thoughts, our mindsets. Lord, tomorrow we'll look into how to expand because you're a big God. With you, all things are possible. We need to think bigger and dream bigger and believe bigger. Lord, we thank you as we get wisdom in these areas that you help us. As we have the power to choose. Lord, I just pray right now for those that tonight are struggling with the plan and the purpose. Discovering their purpose and knowing their purpose and believing that you do have a purpose for them. Thank you for listening to this session of Come Celebrate. We hope you enjoyed.